change. Our ingredients, our environment, our emotions, everything, even our sense of taste. Today, I want to discuss a grand idea with my audience, and I want you to ponder the question. Is it possible to map the tongue? Is it possible to build an equation for flavor? I asked this question to the flavor gods, and I even brought it to my own personal altar, and it was instantly incinerated before me, leaving an aroma of vanilla and cinnamon in its ashes. This amazed me and my senses. So I went on and put another question upon the altar. This time, what does food taste like to the gods? You know, I waited another moment, and this time the question melted in front of my eyes into a pool of pulque, the hidden Mexican delicacy extracted from a specific family of agave plants in Central America. It's called honey water, and it's a sacred drink of the gods. I knew what it was from its fermented smell. See, you can't stop the fermentation. As once it's tapped from the plant, the life in the liquid grows and grows before you. The kings and queens would hide the liquid gold from the common folk and the colonizers too. You know, I, I then heard a voice call to me to dip my lips into the puddle and to drink from the pool. So I did as I was asked. I slowly bent my face towards the liquid and then the colors began to change before me. Deep, profound purples, oranges, and yellows swirled faster and faster as I neared the water with my lips. When I lapped at the surface like a dog, I saw the faces of the color gods in my closed eyes. I tasted what they could with their cosmic tongues and with their cosmic capabilities. I realized that the colors that I saw were the colors of the swirling universes and clouds of astral dust that formed our world as we know it. This episode is called The God's Tongue, The Science of the Super Taster. Welcome to Flavor Quest. My name is Leon, and it's been a little while since we spoke, but I come to you with the important information that I tasted in the pool at my altar. The moment was brief. But the information was eternal. The truth tasted like sacrifice. And that brings us back to a theme we discussed early on in this adventure. If you remember, the theme revolved around the fire and the time that was needed to build and create a hearth strong enough to bring with you, no matter where you went in your adventures. After presenting these ideas to the altar, I couldn't stop thinking about the questions that dissolved in front of my eyes. What do the gods taste? What does the flavor map of the super taster look like? Is it possible to map sensation? I've been sitting with these ideas for a long time. And the longer I do, the more I question our capabilities to understand what is in front of us. So I dove deeper into my research of the tongue. What does the tongue do? The tongue is another brain. And to quote back from a few episodes before, it's a cerebral-esque organ. But what does that mean? Well, basically, no tongue is alike. It's a fingerprint more complex than we could even imagine. Normally, we taste for the compounds that occur naturally around us. As we masticate or chew our food, a pulp is created that then flows over the papilla in our mouth. 
the papilla are hidden underneath the taste buds and they're configured like a grouping of orange slices clumped together in open pockets. The tips of each slice react to specific cells and proteins and the cells then send a reaction or impulses to the gustatory network in our brain, which then processes each for pungency or piquancy to bring those words back that builds our appreciation loves or dislikes for the tastes that washed over the papilla and taste cells that we carry with us. So this is the factual information, but what can we take from it? A few things. The more we chew our food, the more we can taste better yet. The more we chew our food, the more we can understand about our food. Our desire to cook quickly and eat even more so has been slowly diminishing our ability to comprehend the process that was in the food before us. So let's go deeper. If we spend the time to appreciate and process our food with more intention, then we can taste more profound details about the cooking. This ties us back to the title of this episode, The God's Tongue. What can they sense that we cannot? Well, when we scale up in our cosmovision, this world is a mere blip in the universal truths that swim around us in all moments. What is relative besides matter? Time. I think that God's tongue can taste time. So the super tasters that have been gifted the abilities to taste more with their receptors are able to perceive the messages that are stewed into the food with intention. The time that was spent cooking the spices before you began to fry the time you spent on a low flame searing the meat carefully on each side, or the time you spent searching for the ripest fruits and vegetables from the vines, and the time you sacrificed to tend and watch your food cook properly. What can the gods taste that we cannot? Salt is father time. That's why we can preserve the nutritional value with it. Vinegar is father time. That's why we can preserve the nutritional value with it. Sugar is father time because we can preserve the nutritional value with it. Do you understand the implications? The final taste receptor is time. Food cooked in a rush doesn't taste like food cooked with love and patience, does it? Why? Because time is also a seasoning. And it can be tasted just like the final garnish of sea salt and freshly cracked black pepper that brings the dish to life. Spices are a preservation of life. And when you open up their flavor profiles before you, you crack father time unto your plate. The oils and the heat open the doorways for more flavors to be seen, heard, tasted, and appreciated. So this brings us to the next portion of this episode. Today, we discuss the three methods of processing your spices, which opens up different doorways of flavor possibilities. Strap in. First, there is the shallow fry method, in which you bring a small amount of oil to a medium-high temperature. And firstly, you add your tougher varietals of spices, such as dried chilies, black pepper, cinnamon, barks, and then in quick succession, your seeds. And after a quick moment of frying, you can add onions and freshly ground coconut to act as a buffer in the oil so you don't burn your mix. Now, 
you must pay close attention as to not burn even a single seed, as the flavor of just one will throw everything off. You'll be able to taste and detect that in the final result. Now you can remove your spices and grind them into a paste, or continue to use them as to act as a distinct base for the rest of your ingredients. Second, there is the slow fry method, in which you begin to heat your tougher spices in oil with onions and garlic, which act as buffers on the low heat, and you gradually build a complex flavor profile like this. As you do this, you'll notice the leaves, sticks, and seed pods toasting and turning golden brown before you. This is a different process than with your shallow fry. Yes, while both use onions, this creates a deep, rich taste in your gravies and curries that is more developed and mature than just a shallow fry. Lastly, after you reach your final stages in the, sh in the slow fry, you add your ground spices to add both color and bright, vibrant flavors to the final steps and stages. And this is when you add your chili powders, ground turmeric, coriander, and cumin. They're more fragile than the whole spices and they can burn easily. And after frying for just a short moment to open the flavors, to open the gateways, now you add your base liquids, blended tomatoes, blended lentils, beans, etc. And then use salt. And voila, you have a delicious and authentic curry before you. And lastly, there is the exotic and mysterious dadka. To achieve the right dadka, you must heat a few tablespoons of oil and ghee, clarified butter, to a smoking hot temperature. Now, throw in your seeds, whole spices like cumin, chili, mustard seeds, cardamom, and cinnamon until they splatter and pop open with the high heat. And quickly, as the aromas fill the room and your soul, pour this beautiful mixture over and finish your dish with the exotic looking, smelling, and health benefit rich garnish called the tatka. This brings every plate to a high standard and a beautiful finish with subtle, delicate reminders for the correctly and intentionally cooked spices that reside within. These three methods are age old and are timeless. No names can be found that are held to the creator title. These are directly passed down to us from the flavor gods. And with this information, we can cross the flavor bridges that hide around us in every temple we go. Take these methods and use them with your local spices. Suddenly, the ancient tools connect new lands. This is very valuable information, and I hope it sits well with you in your growing toolkit. You have your spoon of improvisation, which can measure out each correct amount of spice, for each tongue is different. So test, taste, and play with your food. These are the original spice roots. Use them carefully. The next time we speak, I'll be bringing you more valuable tools to add to your culinary arsenal. Remember that the gods taste time. So if you give yourself the space to learn as you should, you are adding very appealing seasoning to your personal adventures. Learn to take things slow, to act with intention, and the gods start to listen to your thoughts 
much more carefully. You'll be hearing from me again soon. I'm your host, Leon, and this is Flavor Quest.